So welcome to Do The Mad Podcast. It's a podcast where we discuss the times we're in, provide the topics, subtract the nonsense, and see what adds up. It's your boy Elder Cheetah here. I am here with the grandpa himself. What's good, guy? How you doing? And then we are going to get into a lot of these topics. But before we do all that, real quick, while you're listening, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. You know, that's that's the most important thing. And then on top of that, go ahead and like it. Give us a really nice review. And then also share this podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, the whole nine yard, the whole the whole yard. Get it out to your grandma as well. I'm sure she want to listen. All right. And once you do all that, let's go ahead and get into this. Get your pen, paper, calculators together, and let's do the math. Real quick, let's start off here with vaccines. Uh, by the way, I'm fully vaccinated. I got both doses. Uh, don't show yourself. Are you? Did you? Did you get both doses? Or are you? I, 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 got the, I got the double shot, man. I got the double shot, bro. Okay, solid, solid. Um, as as you know, the um, the vaccine, my second dose was actually quite brutal. Um, I did not think it was gonna be. When I got it, I felt fine the day of. Um, but I want to say midway through the night hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, it was, it was bad. I'm talking cold sweats. Um, my body was shivering, um, woke up with a fever, headache. I I could barely open my eyes. I could barely open my eyes. It was, it was pretty bad. I'm not going to stay here a lot. Um, so, and even with, you know, I took a little bit of Tylenol and that, that honestly did not help like the entire day. Um, I was out. Luckily for me, uh, I was talking to my manager at work you know, a couple of days before. He was like, yo, Clint, you just need to go ahead and take the day out. You know, take the day off. I'm like, nah, I'll be fine. This is, it's not that deep. It happened to others, not me. He's like, no, you, you really need to take the day off. Uh, so at the last minute, I did listen to him. So uh, I did take the day off. So I didn't have to go to work. But man, I felt like that's the day work was extremely busy. So that, that thing put me back. It put me back a whole lot. Mm. Um but at the end of the day, you know, I'm thankful to have taken it. Uh, I feel better. I, I don't know about you. I feel. How do you feel now that, now that you got both both doses? How do you feel? I mean, you know, when I when I first got the shot, man, to be honest, I, I felt good, man. I, I didn't have any side effects. I was just like tired. I think that was the side effect they say can be lethargic. But other than that, I felt good. I was running the next day um, or a few days after. Uh, right now that I've gotten it, I haven't really been outside, outside, you know, had the weather's been kind of terrible, but I, I did go on vacation, came back, got it. So maybe we'll see how it looks in you know, the next few weeks. I think you're fully immune. Um, when you become, I think, uh, uh, 14 days after. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I feel good, man. I feel like if I was to go outside right now, I'd be just fine. You know, if, even if people don't have their masks on, even if I don't have my mask on, I don't even saw that news. CDC said that, you know, those who have gotten fully vaccinated, they can step outside. Man, and, I want to uh, ask the CDC a question, though. How, how do they know people who are fully vaccinated? Because I was in the shower, hand down the news. I'm like, I just took a pause. Like, are they serious? Like, you know, these people who are, you know, in Dutch and others who are, who are not abiding by the mask rule anyway. They're probably going to use that as an excuse to say, hey, look, I'm fully vaccinated, quote, unquote. I don't got to wear a mask, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's true. All I know, I'm not taking that risk. You know, I, I travel a lot for work. Uh, you know, I, I'm actually on, I'm in Houston, you know, for this entire week. And, you know, going from site to site, I have my mask. I'm not taking any risks. 
So, uh, I mean, if people want to go without masks because they're vaccinated, <laughs> after a cup of tea, me, I'm wearing my mask just, you know, just to be sure. Uh, but, you know, there's some places that won't listen or won't care. Uh, one such place, Atlanta. Atlanta has kind of been doing their own thing for a while now. Um, you know, they, they've just been going. Last time I was in Atlanta, nobody had masks on. or They pretended to have masks on, but really it was just hanging by their ear or, you know, yeah. in their pocket, whatever. People were just moving anyhow, you know. So I was like, man, what the heck is going on here? Uh, but... Some good news did come out from Atlanta, actually. Um, two two of Atlanta's biggest hip-hop superstars have been using their fame and fortune to help reunite families with their loved ones. Uh, you actually sent me this story. Um, so yeah. you share with our listeners what that was about. I, I'm actually quite impressed with these folks. I mean, you know, uh, actually, we don't give these rappers enough credit when they do something good uh, like this. But uh, Young Thug and I believe uh, Gunna, uh, they posted bonds for I think six inmates in Fulton County Jail last weekend for nonviolent offenders. So basically, people who are in jail because they didn't have money to get out. So um, that's really good. You know, I know Atlanta's going through a rough time with a lot of shootings going on, all the you know car robberies over there going on, and just you know, of course, police killing people going on. So that's for them to do that. You know, as a as a I guess people within the community as rappers. It just sets a good precedent, and hopefully, other ones uh, follow suit. Yeah, I mean, I think that th- this is something that needs to continuously happen um, to make sure that you know those are these. Because I mean, you're looking at it; these are kind of petty crimes. It's not like they, you know, yeah. have, have killed anybody like like you know those those people I've been doing. Um, but these are you know a few crimes. Not to say hey, they shouldn't do the time, but if you look at it, sometimes the punishment way you know outweighs the, the crime. So I think this is good that they're stepping in and being able to help, you know, in that manner. So, yeah, very, very impressed by, uh, yeah, it was Young Thug and Gunner. So, no, I think they definitely need to get their 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 praise for doing something like this because they did not have to. They just kept the money in their pockets and, and that'd be that. Do you think they did it out the kindness of their heart or it was one of those things where they're doing it so that people can, you know, you know give them praise or whatever the case might be? You think you think this is real or, or for PR? I don't know, man. I don't know. I hope it's not for PR. That'd be kind of messed up, you know. But but you know, maybe it's real because when they got six people out. But I mean, to me, it's like, hey, you have more money than, than six people. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I'm just happy they did it. Period. If it's a PR, you know, whatever. Shout out to them. Before their own goodness of their heart. Shout out to them. But six people are home now. You know, that's what matters most. No, that's 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 actually facts. Um. Speaking of someone who's been in the news uh, quite a bit, Dr. Umar Johnson, which, uh, you know, we've heard about him for, for many years now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's done a lot of different, you know, things uh, in the black community. Some good, well, depending on who you talk to, they'll say a lot of it good. And some other folks will say, mm, I don't know, he's kind of shady. Uh, but recently he went on The Breakfast Club and uh, he did a very big interview. I want to say now on YouTube is over like what one point something million views, uh, where they're really talking about a lot of different things. Those of you who, who yeah. listen to Breakfast Club, uh, you know they they go from topic to topic. Um, but with that being said, one of the things he talked about was how President Joe Biden hasn't done anything for Black people since he's been in office. And um, I, to an extent, I agree. I agree. Um, and I and I won't say that. 
President Biden hasn't done anything, because that's real. It was black people. The fact that he's in there is due to black people. Let, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. Because if we did not come out in groves, in droves, um, this time around, yo, 45 would have just won re-election and kept it pushing. You know, but it's majority of black people that came out there to help put this guy in there. Obviously, you know, uh, Kamala Harris, her being involved in that ticket. Um, regardless of how you felt about her, the fact that she was a black woman, she had this opportunity before people stepped up and do what they had to do. But I understand where, where Dr. Johnson is coming from because look at that anti-Asian hate bill. Look at how swiftly it was passed. You know what I mean? Like that was, I mean, it was so quick. I mean, it, it passed, I think it was what, 90, what, 96 to one? I think the only person, yeah. I can't remember who, who was the one, but it was some, obviously some racist idiot. Um, but they, I mean, it was so quick. It didn't even take long. So to me, I now understand Joe Biden is not Congress, but I'm I'm looking at it. And I'm just asking myself, what is going on here? Because on his first day of office, he signed an executive order to protect the life and safety of transgenders. Okay, much like Doc, you know, uh, Umar, Dr. Umar Johnson said, I, listen, I got no problem with that. But here we are, black folk. Where is that? Where's that for us? So I agree. I mean, it, it, it leaves you perplexed a little bit as to like, why are black people always, we're still at the back of the bus, you know, maybe we've moved up two seats, but still at the back of the bus. And that, and that's a problem uh, for me. What you think? Man, this country's a joke. You know, it's, it's a pathetic joke. When you look at the fact that they come out and say, hey, he said the first day of this guy's office, he signs an executive order for you know, LGBT. But the same black people who voted you in this country, in this seat you're in, you couldn't do nothing for them. Even sign, maybe, you know, maybe something, you know what I'm saying? But nothing at all. And the executive order just shows you the power he can use if he wanted to, you know? He doesn't have to go through Congress. He doesn't have to do all that. He can skip that and go right to the executive order. As he did for the LGBTQ community, which you're not hating on, you know what I'm saying? That's cool. You know, do your thing. You know, but there we have, okay, let's go the right route. Let's go through Congress. The, the Asian hate bill. Congress, you know, they can't agree on nothing, bro. Dr. Umar said it, they can't agree on nothing. They always feel the busted themselves to deaths. They have things take so much so long to get done. But this thing was done within almost two weeks, bro. Since the first time that I saw these you know, the Asians you know, get get attacked on media that it went crazy. Less than a month, the bill is in order. And I'm confused because black people have been getting attacked by the police for even longer than that. And years after, there's no bill. There's no nothing. And it just, it just shows that, hey, you know, if you haven't seen the interview, you guys should definitely check it out. It just shows that, you know, a lot of things are, are, are deeper than what we think it is, you know. And it's sad that we continue to allow this to happen to us as black people. And, you know, what are we going to do? Go and march, of course. And that's why we, we have results like this, you know. But that's all I got to say, man. I don't have to say too much about about this. It's just, it's just unfortunate that, you know, they're going to, of course, try to clown Dr. Umar or whatever, you know. Or, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Put this yeah, interview yeah. on the hush-hush. But, we you know, I'm glad he's getting the exposure he needs to get at this point. And hopefully, you know, maybe it can ignite something in Joe Biden himself to maybe, you know, do this. Or Kamala, who's black, you know, half black, you know, and you know, maybe she can help us out over there too. So we'll see what happens, man. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree there, man. I think this this is what this is what we're talking about here, right? Because I, a lot of people will write him off based on how they feel about him, but what he's saying is, you know, it's facts. But I think too with that. Um, there are others who have kind of felt a way uh, about this kind of thing because, you know, for the longest time, you know, we are, the, I feel like in the black community, we're just led to believe that dem the Democratic Party is all about, you know, uh, uh, championing black rights and so on and so forth. I'm like, yeah. really? Are we 100% sure of that? I mean, is that really what, what we're going to believe at the end of the day? I mean, you go and you just talk to black people, put black people in a silo and just ask them what their beliefs are and things like that. You see that black people's beliefs fall some Democrat, some Republican. Funny enough, I know we like to look at the Republican Party and say, "Oh, they're extremely racist," but really, you just look at the facts and cover up the Democrat and Republican, and just look at what each group believes. It's not inherently 100% Democratic. That's where uh, black folk are going to go. I think some of it falls in line with Republicans, right? But the Republican Party. I think the reason why they don't have more black supports because it's just so racist. At least these folks are in there, right? I mean, they're just so blatantly racist. So if, if honestly, man, and I said this in another grass, look, if they would get away from being so racist, you'd be surprised how much how much of the black vote they could actually get. If I'm really being honest, um, if, I'm really being. If they would get away from that, they'd be surprised. But they can't help themselves. They just can't help themselves. So, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, but no, I think we need to continue, um, you know, staying, putting the heat on Joe Biden. Cause I think a lot of people were, you know, try, working to get Joe Biden in. Once they got him in, it's like, all right, cool. He in. All right, I'll see y'all later. Yeah, it's been four months. What's up? It's been four months. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, four years now and they were in trouble. <laughs> I'm out of here. Another four years and everybody will start, hey, yeah, come on, come on, let's do this. So, I mean, I think I you talked know. about this last time with voter education, right? Every four years, everybody, you know, gung-ho, everybody goes crazy, everybody gets involved, boom, 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 boom. You know, hey, once the election is over, everyone just sort of walks away. Hey, all right, I'll see you guys later. All right, man, bet. Catch you later. It happens Word. every time. And we have to stop doing that. If we really want to get involved, we have to stay involved consistently um, throughout the entire time. So, but I think for him, you know, he's definitely said some some wild things in the past, but this one, you know, he's he is spot on. Um, there are plenty of people in the news nowadays that are saying a bunch of wild stuff. Uh, I know you're a big football fan, just like myself. Um, funny enough, we're actually both Patriots fans. Um, so that works out, you know, quite well. Brett Favre, um, who is, I would call him an NFL great. I would say he's, an, obviously he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. I, no, he's, like he's a, hype, to be I think he's a Hall of Famer based on... The longevity of his career. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think if you played today, you probably wouldn't be a Hall of Famer. I, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. But either way, we're not, we're not going to go into sports today. Skip and Shannon already take care of that. Um, but he said something that's, that's just so wild. Um, blew my mind. But then when, when I read a little bit more about Brett Favre, I was like, ah. It makes sense. You, you read about kind of his, his beliefs, and I'm like, oh, okay. It, it makes sense. Um, can you share that with, with us? Can you share that with the viewers? I said, the yeah, listener. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, you know, we, <laughs> we, Brett Favre, of course, you know, uh, had some comments on, on the George Floyd verdict for Derek Chauvin. He said it was hard to believe that the Minneapolis cop meant to kill George Floyd. Mm. 
yeah. it's hard you know it's hard to believe like he meant to do that it's, you know here's his direct quote i find it hard to believe and i'm not defending derek Chauvin in any way i find it hard to believe first of all they intentionally meant to kill george floyd unquote hmm. wow how well, you feel man uh so so here's the thing my honest opinion is this i don't believe that derek chauvin got up that morning and said i'm gonna go kill somebody i don't believe that um where i start believing that he's now intent on murder mm-hmm. is after he stayed his knee is on george floyd's neck and people are pleading with him i think initially when he put his knee on his neck it wasn't like oh i want to kill him right i don't think that's that's his his mindset no i believe that it switched to that when people saw george uh george floyd's status and they're looking at him and say yo man this guy is you know he's struggling to breathe why don't you just take a, you know your knee off his neck and that'd be that the moment he kept it on despite that is what i believe yes his his, his intent now is to kill because nobody in their right mind if you didn't want to kill somebody you just move you just move your knee i mean it's so simple arrest them all you want no no one's fighting that nobody's saying don't arrest them I, I mean you go back and watch that video nobody on that video is telling is telling uh officer chauvin don't arrest george ford nobody no no one no one's worried about that the only thing people are asking for yo he can't breathe taking knee off his neck and the moment he decided not to do that is when I wholeheartedly believe that he wanted to kill that man. So mm-hmm. I partially agree here in the sense of I don't think he started off that way, but he switched over to that way. And I, I, I can't I can't tell you that the exact uh, 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 time frame of the video, but it was whenever he kept his knee on after people were pleading is when he switched over. In my opinion, uh, uh, to a murderous to a, a murder uh, murdering thug. And shame on him. That's all I got to say about that. I mean, I, I think uh, you know, I agree with you in a sense of I don't think. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't know what this man thought when he woke up. Maybe he woke up and said, "I want to kill a black guy today." That's because that's what he did. You know, I don't think anybody forced him to kill or put his knee on him. You know, well, um, I think uh, Brett Favre has to kind of read the room. You know, I yeah. think everybody has their own thoughts right now of what happened, what didn't happen. But as a white man in America. Who has made money off you know football playing with black people his whole life he needs to just shut up like you know like, i think um come on son like what's going on we know you're a white man from mississippi you know you're probably out of touch with reality but you know just you alone as your image you just hurt your image now you know because hey you look at that as a racist you know it's like anybody saying anything now that's not on support of this verdict he looked at as a racist who's white so cut c- c- for yourself you know i think it's just as upsetting even that you know he, he thinks about that and i'm glad that dr umar mentioned this too and said you know it's you know all these black dudes looking up to these white quarterbacks you know or looking up to these white players you have no idea what they're really what their intentions are you know don't forget a lot of these white players you know who grew up in you know in football or in basketball had parents who are you know probably from the midwest probably from the South who are maybe racist, you know what I'm saying? And we see, don't forget it's still ingrained in them. So it's crazy. Am I surprised that Brett Favre thinking this? No, to be honest, not, not at all. You know, look at the region, the region he lives in. I'm not surprised about anything that comes from that region. So, um, 
it's just a shame that you know he said this. I don't think the NFL is going to do anything about it. Of course, they don't care. No, no, he's not. No, no, not at all. So it just, and and I, and I think that the the football players who are going to be surrounding him won't say anything either. They're going to be mute and leave it at that, which is just sucks. You know, I think, I think he's, he's gone from the league. I think I think some people might not say anything because of that. Because remember, uh, what's his name? A couple of months ago. Drew Brees said something that was stupid where he talked about, oh, you know, I'm not going to yeah, do respecting the flag. I'm like, everybody made it clear that it was never about that. And people chimed in. People said stuff. Even his own teammates. If you remember, Michael Thomas, the wide receiver, was like, yo, Drew, this this ain't it. So a Word. bunch of people said stuff. So I think because Brett Favre is no longer in the league, I, I agree. I don't think people I don't think people will care. And then again, Drew Brees, I feel as though people care a little bit more about Drew Brees if they'll sit there and have a conversation with him and, you know, sort that out. But I think people are like, okay, Brett Favre, you're out of the league. Like, your influence is, is not that much. Just shut up and get out. That's it. You're, you know, you're old. I think there's no hope for him. I think that's probably, if any reason, why people won't say anything is because they believe there's no hope for him. That's just what I think. Um, well, but. <laughs> I hope there's hope for him, you know. I think, I don't know. I feel like when, you, when you're playing the NFL, man, you know, I don't you're know. Like How do you not know? Yeah. There's a certain kind of, you know, I don't, I, what's up? Maybe the black players in the NFL are not educating these people. Because I think any black player in the NFL, or any white player in the NFL who has gone through an NFL career like Brett Favre, I think it's going to be hard for me to think you'd be racist. You know, or even say things that is like you have to apologize for after you've kind of, you know, locker room mentality of living with these people in a locker room, in a hotel, in the bus, in the plane. For the past 10, 15 years, they're black. What's up? Like, what, what, what's going on? So that's to be so, you know, make stupid comments like this at this time is just unfortunate. And I hope the black teammates, you know, hopefully uh, say, hey, Brett, this is not a good idea. But, you know, they won't. But, you know, we can also hope and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could definitely hope, man, because, you know, what we, I think, I think nowadays we're beginning to see more than ever that, um, it doesn't even matter if you play sports, you've been around black people all your life. Because, I mean, let's be real. Football is, I think the NFL, I can't remember the stat, but I think it's over like 70, some, some yeah, high it's amount. Mad, it's, it's mad black people. Black, I can't remember the stat, so I don't want to misquote. But it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And Brett Favre, I know for a fact that he's played with black people. I mean, that's clear. You you go back and you watch clips, you, you look at the team roster. So who knows? So to me, I'm like, I'm pretty sure at some point, in his career, he would have had conversations with his teammates regarding race and, you know, and all of that. You, I would think so. So the fact that he said something like this, to me, I was like, come on, man. Like, you know better than this. You know that. But in any case, you know, um, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, can we really be surprised? I think some of these guys just need to shut up. Like, if you only got, like, like our parents taught us. If you don't have much, anything good to say, be quiet. You know, that way, you just let things move on, even if you just don't say nothing. But on the other hand, I'm actually happy he did say something. So that way we know what's in his heart. You know, that way we're not, we don't, we don't go around thinking. No, oh, exactly. I like, I like when they, when they let us know who they are. So yeah. So that way we know. To put them. You know. Yeah. And, and Tom Brady, I, you know, I love Tom Brady, but Tom Brady, don't you ever get a twist this one, right? You ever yeah. see stuff like this? You can be shifted into the column of, of yo man. I, I don't mess with my, my jersey can be burned real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I pay good Word, money. Son. 
yeah, so you know, <laughs> yeah. real quick. Uh, but so far, though, I think what, what is you know he has a. Um, he's friends with Donald Trump, but he's he's trying to hide that more and more. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't look. I don't, I don't mind being personal. If you're friends with somebody, man, okay, look, bro, that's my friend. Like, they make their own decisions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But what do you believe? What do you think? You know? And hey, look. We all have. Bro. I'm sure at some point in our lives, if not now, we've had some friends. We're like, I only stand for whatever this person is doing. You know. Um, but they're my friend. Which then brings the question: right. well, Then why are you their friend? You know. It's something for us to think about. You know, who do we associate ourselves with as we move through this life? So, I don't know. I can't necessarily say that, you know, Tom Brady or, or whoever, you know, is racist because of who they associate themselves with. Um, but it does make you question, right? Because there's that saying, you know, birds in the same feather. They flock together. So, you just have to look at it. You have to, you're going to side-eye them for a little bit. Let's just be real. You're going you're gonna to side-eye them. Um, so, that's just that. But... It's sad, like I was saying earlier before we started recording, I was like, it's sad that we keep having to say these stories because it almost seems like once one story is done, another story. You know, uh, once Derek Chauvin, you know, that verdict came down, we're talking about, you know, the young lady who was shot and killed by the police officer. And then even then, I mean, how many cases have they been in the last week? So the last time, you know, we talked, uh, we recorded, I should say, that more stuff is going on with police officers and, and, and black men. So shame, do, man. do you think, let me ask you this, do you think that the media is specifically highlighting this stuff or there really is a high number of these incidents? Happening? It's a high number. It's, it's a lot of black people getting killed by the police. It's just now that the media is bringing attention to this. I don't think this is new. You know, I think this has been happening since the 90s, you know, since our parents have been here. That's why our parents knew, you know, the rules when they told us about the police. Think about it. My parents didn't know that the police were bad to black people. They would never told us police ed- etiquette. You know, I think all my parents told us, hey, when you see the police, put your hands on the steering wheel, don't move too quickly, because they knew that police were killing black people. So it's just maybe the media is bringing attention to it now, which is good, of course, but I think it's been going on for many years at this point. Maybe at a even at a higher rate this time than it was uh, in the past. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And then, so let's talk about this bizarre story. Um, <laughs> when I read this story, I was really struggling to wrap my head around it because this is probably the most bizarre one. Uh, do, do you want to tell the story about the guy who was uh, who got shot ten times, or should I? Because it don't matter to me. I just right, want go to ahead, man. Go ahead, go ahead, man. I want, I want to talk about it from the beginning. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm so confused. So let's let's break this story down. First off, this is what the headline reads: Man shot ten times by Virginia deputy who gave him a ride home. What? Yeah. Ex- excuse me. Okay, so let's 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 look at this story. Oh, uh, <laughs> crazy. I'm just, and I'm not laughing at, at at anybody who you know who who got shot or whatnot. Um, it's just a disappointing scenario, the entire way you know around. So I'm just trying to understand this. So this is what happened. Uh, a guy by the name of Isaiah Brown, okay, got shot. So this deputy gave you know Mr. Brown a ride home after his car broke down at a gas station around 2:30 a.m. Okay. Um, took him home. Now, later on, 
And so he took him home safe, no issues. Later on, the deputy uh, returned back to the home after someone dialed 911. The sheriff's department recorded, uh, reported the call as, uh, a, as a domestic disturbance. Okay. So let's, let's look at this. What then happened is someone had a call from the house, apparently saying it was some sort of, you know, domestic disturbance or whatnot. And Isaiah, the guy who you just got the ride home, you know, a police officer was then sent to the house. He encounters Isaiah walking away from the house. And then he meets the police officer who, who just gave him a ride home, who just gave him a ride home. Okay. So let's, let's, let's stay there. Now, he wasn't carrying a weapon, Isaiah, Mr. Brown. He wasn't carrying a weapon or anything like that. Uh, and next thing you know, something happens, and the officer the officer starts shooting at him. Come to find out that he did have something in his hand, Mr. Isaiah. What he had in his hand, you ask? A cordless phone. A cordless phone. Just a phone. No gun, no knife. Just a phone. And he was shot at. So how bad is the incident? Well, right now he's in the intensive care unit. He got shot face, neck, chest, and uh, pelvic area. Um, first off, I- I'm happy he's alive. You know, I'm, ha- I'm happy he's alive. But to me, it's just so shocking that the turn of events and the police are saying, hey, you know, we try to verbally engage with him. Um, and-, and this is with their official statement. The sheriff uh, deputy attempted to verbally engage with Mr. Brown, and it was during this encounter that the deputy discharged his service weapon. Okay, it's a very uh, white way to say, in the midst of conversation, the officer shot him. Let's let's just call it what it is. So, how do how do we break this? Down? How do we understand this? Can we not have conversations anymore? Is it now a sin to have you know a phone in our hands? You know, are we are we missing crucial details? that would clear this story up a little bit more because all the all the stories that I've read haven't said anything about him lunging at the police officer or trying to fight the police officer or any of those things or being a threat to the police officer. None of those stories. None of them. So I'm, so I'm really, really perplexed now because obviously they knew each other. And to me, the police officer, if you just give him a ride home, you know him, you know his face. And he wasn't threatening back then. Okay. Why don't you say, hey, man, oh, I just give you a ride home. What's going on? Can you talk to me about what's going on? And and it led to that. So I'm confused, man. Try to help me and the listeners understand what's going on. Man, I don't know what's going on. I think calling the police is now a risk. Mm. It's not it's it's a risk as a black person. Calling the police is unacceptable. You can't call the police on me. Don't, don't call the police on me. You know, I feel like because you're just you're just trying to get killed at this point. This, this dude literally was picked up by police at two thirty a.m. You know, you would have said it would have been a feel good story. A good Samaritan police picked up a stranded black guy, dropped him home. As you said, he came back for a disturbance. You know, that's what they that's what they said. But the guy, uh, Mr. Brown, allegedly on phone call said, "Hey, look, I'm not armed." They said he was trying to negotiate a ride back to his car, which you know doesn't make any sense to me. But that's that's regardless of the fact, that's what happened. Hmm. He tried to negotiate a ride back to his car, so he and he said he said that he was not armed. I think I'm glad he's alive. I mean, they also record all nine one calls too, but, but I'm glad he's alive. First of all, 
because everybody's here dying left and right. This guy is gonna gonna be able to tell his side of the story. They're gonna be able to break it down and see what's going on because to shoot someone ten times, bro, what's going on? For 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 what you thought was a phone, it's a cordless phone, and you mistook it for a gun. You, the, I'm conf- what? Okay, so 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 let's. So, did you hear the, 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 did you hear this part on the story? What part? So I wanted to bring this up to you because I know you, you you're going on you're going on this. I want you to, to give me your thoughts. Why why you why you're going on here? This is what they said. He said, um, Brown had called the 911, mm-hmm. or, or either way, he got on the phone with 911, and Brown is heard on the call saying that his brother won't let him into his mother's room in the house and that he couldn't get into his car, which by the way, uh, this, that's a little weird to me because I'm like, okay, well, you just know your car was sold. Like, what's the problem? So I'm, so I'm trying to understand that, right? Because I'm, I'm just saying this, I feel like there are more facts that we haven't gotten yet. But anyways, Brown then tells his brother, give me the gun, to which the brother is heard in the background saying, no. The dispatcher asks, what is going on? And Brown replies, I'm about to kill my brother. The dispatcher says, don't kill your brother. And Brown multiple times, and asked Brown multiple times if he's armed, to which he says no. Brown then told the dispatcher, the dispatcher that he's walking down the road. And this is then where Brown meets the deputy. So according to Brown... But, but he, he told him he's not armed, though. I'm confused. He told him he's not armed. I think he's that if, if when someone, when the, unless the dispatcher told the cop, hey, look, the person's armed. Because there should be no indication for the cops coming so jittery, you know, unless he saw the phone. So I don't think that story is even, you know, valid because unless dispatch told this officer, hey, look, suspect may be armed, which, I mean, they probably said that, if we're being honest, because we already talked about gun in the background. But we'll hear the dispatch and see what happens. But I don't think the officer should have come into that situation, guns are blazing, you know? And, and the fact that he just dropped this guy home, literally, I don't think he's going to call the same cop back to shoot him, you know? Yeah, that's kind of like interesting to me. I, I I don't know, and the fact that Brown, I think he called the police. I mean, come on, son, it doesn't make any sense. Like I feel like calling the police. If I am not calling the police, I'm not trying to harm the police. You know, I like, look at the girl, that girl from last week. Oh, let me correct myself. That wasn't her father, by the way. She's a she's a foster kid, actually. Who who was that? Who was that? I have no idea, but I think, maybe it was a foster dad. Or, I have no idea, but. That's what the report said. Was that that was you know her father? So it wasn't like we yeah. just made it up. Um, so it, yeah, that's what I kind of correct myself. But back to I, I don't know this story now. I, I don't know, man. I think it's just crazy how you know Macabre so jittery. But I think you know just the fact that he just literally dropped him off maybe a few hours earlier. It's kind mm-hmm. of what's not sitting with me, right? Like you know he he literally. I mean, if I'm a cop, this you know two or thirty in the morning, I'm dropping someone off. I'm gonna remember I just left. And I'd rather have a conversation with this dude, right? Versus just pulling out a gun and firing off 10 shots, you know? Especially if I just, I mean, I'm sure the car ride wasn't quiet, you know? Perfect. So funny enough that you mentioned, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I know, you know, it wasn't quiet. You could have talked about something. Oh, so where do you live Uh, over here? Oh, okay, great. Who you stay with? First of all, you know, cops are nosy. They're going to ask. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't say fuck the police. No, no, he didn't. didn't. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so for it to go from, hey, I'm giving you a ride home. So, obviously, the cop did not feel threatened to um, there. And and him saying, hey, he got a gun to his head. You know, 
you notice one thing a lot about these stories there's a lot of mistakes right and like mm-hmm. to me all these cops why do you keep making all these mistakes the lady who you know mistakenly in her words uh pulled out the gun and I'm, I'm sorry pulled out yeah pulled out a gun instead of a taser and shot the kid i'm just like what kind of a bonehead mistake is that how do you mis- how do you mistake a gun like like no what idea. is that man did you i mean come on he just he just said he just said that hey i don't have a gun and he didn't have a gun because till now and we know for a fact he didn't have a gun because nobody came out and said he had a gun no the police officer you know they don't miss an opportunity to you know mess up the uh the credibility of their victim so no one has come out and said they had a gun so you didn't have a gun so why were you so hasty why were you so jittery what is wrong with you anyways um but this is what we're talking about a bunch of trigger happy cops and this is why i think you know police officers really need to get ongoing training uh, especially with de-escalation now listen I, I don't know all the details of police training so on and so forth but when i heard it, it's just like hey what's your cop it's like you know you're part of this fraternity honestly you can you can do no wrong and this is from what we see as well so the, the question now becomes what type of de-escalation training are we seeing because it's it's somewhat yeah. because i don't know somebody had posted something on facebook about uh police where police officers re- responded to a call and i saw this video uh, I don't know if I tagged you in there, but I saw this video. Uh, it was a white dude running around naked. And obviously, he's, he's out of his mind. He's running around naked. Uh, and he was around the church. And guess what? He starts chasing after the police officer. And do you know what the police officer does? You, you want to guess? He doesn't shoot him. <laughs> he doesn't even do that. The police officer turns around and starts running away. He, he turns the other way. And so, so you're not, so check this out. This guy is naked. He has no place to put, where's he gonna put the gun? He has no place to put the gun. He's he's 100% naked. And yet you're turning around the other way to run. Because I guess he's scaring you. Okay, once the guy, once the naked guy turns around, stop chasing the police officer, police officer turns around and starts chasing the naked guy. And guess what he pulls out? Not a taser, no knee, not the gun. Mm-mm. Pepper spray. Pepper spray. So he pulls out pepper spray and he tries to pepper spray the guy. You know, the white kid, the white guy goes to like the church attendant who's, you know, uh, who just pulled up or something like that and starts choking him. So at this point, he's actually harming somebody. And the police is just chilling. Pepper spray. They did not shoot him. They did not do all the just pepper spray. That's it. So these people, they know what's up, man. They know they know what's up. They just choose not to give a damn. The lady who shot their kid, Dante, why didn't you pepper spray him? You know, why didn't you use force to hold him down, push him down? Okay, if he's bruised up, which I'm not saying they should beat him up, but if he's bruised up, better for him. But at least he's alive. You know, George Floyd, same deal there. Why? Why is it? Why is it with black people? You treat it. They treat us like animals. I, I take that back. They treat us worse than animals. Because let's be real. If anybody tried to do that to a dog, the whole place would be ablaze. But black people, black people, the way we are looked at, we're less than animals. And and, and I keep telling you, that's that's the extremely, extremely sad thing with that. We're less than. So, which actually brings us to this next story here, which really shows you 
the type of mentality that still exists in America that people try to pretend doesn't exist. Okay. Um, a lot of people want us to believe that we live in a, in a post-racial America. There, there's some of those people that will say that, oh, no, America's not a... Please, re- really really think about this long and hard. So this is a story actually from 2015, but it's gaining some traction uh, recently because there's some developments to the story. So let me break the story down. 2015, a black man named Edward uh, James Tyson was beaten, okay, by a racist uh, white man outside a Michigan bar. Guess what? No one helped him. No surprise. Not only no one helped him, they just kind of watched him get his butt whipped. No one called the authorities. So no one, no one bothered to call the police. No need. Okay. Um, matter of fact, the friend of the of the white guy who beat him up was later on hired at the bar, as if to say, "Good job. You come on, work here." So if this so if this black guy shows up again, give him round two. You know, so. Uh, this is this is what happened. Bartender said he was drinking. So they, they talked to the bartender. Bartender said he was drinking a beer post shift. Someone comes in and says, uh, 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 so someone comes in and says a nigger has been knocked out. This is this is what they mm. said. This is not me saying it. A nigger has been knocked out. Uh, the person, guy's name, the the bartender, his name is Ian Graham. He said he immediately knew who the victim was because you know why he knew who the victim was. This is what he said. We only have one colored in town. This, this is how he described a human being. Colored? In, in Michigan? Don't be surprised about Michigan. But this is 2015. Anyway, let's go this, on. This, this, this is definitely not Detroit. I'll tell you that. Let, let's, let's go on. Let's go on. So Graham said, you know, he goes outside. He sees the, 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 the black guy. Now conscious. He's He's come to, but he's spitting out blood. Obviously, internal injuries. He's been beat up pretty bad. Beat up pretty bad. Um, and by the way, yeah, of course, it's not Michigan, but this is a, a tiny Michigan village called Wolverine. First of all, the name, the name, the name. <laughs> this, I don't want to live here. But anyway, let's go yeah. on. So the guy who beat him up had a reputation for being racist, which here we go. That's, I mean, no surprise. But in any case, um, while the bartender is out there, looking at this black man that was already beat up. The guy who had beat him up comes back out from the bar and punches the black guy three more times. Three more times while he's calling him names. So Mr. Tyson, who's the black guy, is like, yo, like, what is going on? Like, why, why do you keep calling me names? Why do you keep doing this? But guess what? No one, no one called police. No one. This is 2015. This is 2015. By the way, the black guy, of course, he suffered traumatic brain injury. Okay. He tried to sue the bar for negligence. But the county circuit uh, court judge said that the bar couldn't be sued because the assault happened outside of his doors. That was, that was the argument. There. But yet, the Michigan Court of Appeals has now said, well, no, the bar, the bar owners could be sued because a reasonable yes, jury concludes that the bar, that the defendant's bar patrons congregated right outside of the sidewalk, meaning, hey, effectively, that the sidewalk is the bar's premises. So if it didn't, it's one thing if it didn't happen inside, but it happened right outside. So it's, it's your front door. Your front door is your premises, ain't it? That's basically what they're, what they're talking about. So 
at the end of the day, um, the white customer, he did plead guilty to aggravated assault. He did. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me, as he should, as, as he should, because normally you know they 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 won't. They won't, innocent. They won't innocent. Um, but in any case, though, that's about it. But now you know the only I guess good thing out of it is that now the black guy is being allowed to sue. That's it. That's why it's coming up six years later. So it took this guy six years to get some ounce of justice. That's why this story is coming out to the forefront. Come on, man. And they talk about both racism. I mean, I know it's heavy. Unpack that. that that's heavy. It's just a shame that, you know, I mean, I feel bad for black guy being the only black person in that town. I would have moved. I don't know why what he's doing there. I'm not saying he deserved this beating, though. But like, yo, bro. Yeah, but come on, son. <laughs> come on. If you're the only We're black person in that it. town, I don't, give a, I don't care what job you're working. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. You know, and it's, it's a shame, but I'm glad he's able to sue and get some retribution if he can get his winnings. But then again, what, what does that mean? You know, you sue and then are you going to still go back to that town and live there? I think, yeah. Like, from, he, from what I read, he's still there. Um, but because of case, he's trying to sue now. He's trying to sue now. Okay, but you can sue from our distance. You don't have to be, you can sue from far. Somebody think about him. it. You know, if this guy sues and he, and he wins, this town, you know, maybe, of course, he's only a black guy, bro. Like, he may end up disappearing. You know, we're being honest. You know, a lot of people in those kind of towns feel empowered because when they have numbers, you can just, you know, I mean, the sheriff it may be among them. You never know. So, I don't know, it's just unfortunate. And, and it's 2021. The fact that this is coming up now, a little bit later, where he can sue, it, that took that long, is even upsetting. You know, I don't, I don't see the issue. He should be able to sue these people from the beginning, from day one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I think that this this keeps reminding us, man, that we have to be careful um, as as black folk, man. We shouldn't assume that we are welcomed um, anywhere. You know, it's sad that we have to say, but we, we, have, we always have to keep our head on the swivel. You know, I don't think that we'll, I don't think black people, and please understand, I'm not trying to be pessimistic here, but I don't think black people will really feel like this place is their land at any point, at any point. Um, it's sad to say that, but come on, man, let's let's call a spade a spade. You know, we've been here now over 40 years. We were brought here against our own will. But let me not say I, I wasn't brought here against our own will because our folks were immigrants. But I think I think that's yeah. a little bit different. But the point I'm trying to get at here, okay, now we're here. We don't have the same rights and privileges that others have. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing against the Asian folk, but they haven't been dealing with this for that long. Like Dr. Umar Johnson said, yo, they've only really been dealing with this for um a year, a year, a little bit, a year and a half. Yeah, no, I mean, what, even, what, even, what, what were they dealing with? If anything, the racist stuff that people will say about Asian people is like, "Oh, you're smart, you're you're brilliant, that's it." Or maybe they'll say something very crude uh, and say they eat animals, and which to me is ridiculous. There's no truth to that. At least I don't believe so. But it is a case. Um, that's it. But us, we've been consistently beat up and targeted. Black people. So it doesn't matter if we've come here as immigrants. They all group us together. They, all, they don't look like, oh, okay, hold on. You're a Nigerian? Mm-mm. No. They group us together. So I feel as though what, what we can do, I don't think we should stop fighting. I think we should still keep fighting. 
but understand that okay in in our fight we're gonna have to outsmart these people how can how can we consistently outsmart them i keep saying this we have to continuously focus on being the most educated people we have to consistently focus on getting the most knowledge and forcing our way into these big make it so they can't say no to us it, it as much as they want to say no to us, make it so they can't say no to us. So they have to put us in those boardrooms. They have to put us in those places where we can move and shake things. I, I feel like that's the only way. Because let's be real, man. If we don't have money and influence, they're not listening to us. If, if LeBron James is not balling out the way he is, ain't nobody listening to him. He'd be another. He'd be another dude from Ohio, just another thug. That's how they'll view him. But well, he has say, look at Jay Z. You think Jay Z, if he didn't achieve, achieve what he achieved, he'd be rubbing shoulders with Roger Goodell in the NFL and, and making changes? No, man. We have to beat them. We have to get there with education, uh, uh, money, and influence. I think that's how we do that. It, it, I mean, it might sound very rudimentary for folks, but I think really, if you if the folks really sat, sat down and thought about this, look at all the black people who are doing things. It's those three things. You know, so. Um, Barack Obama, lawyer, uh, uh, politician, well-established. He's not He's not doing what George Bush... George Bush is not a lawyer. George Bush was a businessman. Yeah. There's no way Barack Obama would have made it there being a businessman. No. He needed to go beyond that. I'm not saying business people are dumb or not, but he, he needed to reach a particular level of education in order to be taken seriously. And I think that's what we have. We have to consistently do that, you know? Um, shifting gears a little bit, and uh, and maybe you could talk. You could talk a little bit more about this. You can keep it up with this with this stuff about what's going on. Uh, and I think this is this is something that's never going to change. Uh, it's going to consistently keep you know getting refined and refined, which is abortion. You know, abortion rights uh, and restrictions. Yeah, it's Lately, crazy, man. I know. I'll talk to uh, us about that. I mean, you look at Oklahoma. I think Arizona, Idaho one of the latest uh, states to uh, pass new bills uh, today. Uh, this week, I, I heard that Idaho has passed a new bill um, restricting a woman's rights to an abortion. Hmm. And uh, First of all, I want to say, what's good with you know judging women and their bodies? Can, can we leave them alone? If we let uh, people who want to be transgender change their body left and right, want to you know change from a penis to a vagina, we let them do it. Mm-hmm, so why not mm-hmm. let women, women, you know, do their own things with their own body? What, what's up? You know what I'm saying? And it's just sad. Like, leave, leave them alone. They're not asking us for our help. And, and you know, it's just crazy that this bill is basically saying that um, in Idaho, it's a fetal heartbeat bill. So it says that as long as a heartbeat is detected, a woman cannot choose to have an abortion, mm. which can happen about six weeks into pregnancy. That's before a lot of women even know they're pregnant. Hmm. Arizona says um, it, it only women can only uh, terminate uh, or can only have abortions if it's related to a genetic issue. Hmm. So if you get pregnant in Arizona, you better push that baby out. So 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 here's here here's the. The thing that those who are trying to push for abortions, if you, if you kind of look into some of the stories of those people, and you're right in the sense of, okay, there's just folks who are doing transgender and they're doing whatever it is that they're doing, but yet there's so much focus on this stuff. I don't see men, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't see women 
sitting around, um, coming up with laws with how men will govern their body. Well, yeah, you, you see this all this stuff. It's all these old white guys who are sitting around, coming up laws and decrees of how women should govern their body. And, now, and I'm so perplexed. And now, listen, I'm not saying people should be going out and getting abortions left and right. And, you know, no, I don't think we need to live in a, in a lawless society in that regard. Uh, and I honestly believe, and maybe this is the optimist for me, I don't think, I don't think women would just normally do that. First of all, abortion is not some easy choice. Like, let's not, I haven't, luckily for me, I haven't been in the position where I have to make that decision for anybody. But I don't think that's, it's just as easy as, oh, let me just go, you know, take a pill and that's it. Like, this is different from plan B. Because plan B, a lot of times people just take, they might not even be pregnant. The chance of them not even being, they're probably not going to be pregnant, but they just want to take it just to be sure that, hey, nothing happened. So this is, we're not in quick, we're not talking about the same thing here. That's a very heavy decision that I don't think people are just taking lightly. Let's just start there. So I don't know who the idea that people are just waking up. Oh yeah, I want an abortion today, abortion tomorrow. But I don't think anyone is doing that. Um, but in either case, with that being said, there's a lot of effects that that women go through when they have uh, abortions. How do I know? Because I've had a chance to. I've read some of this stuff. Um, I've had friends who have had had an abortion, and and talking with them, it, it's a very very deep and heavy psychological burden. So it's not something that's just easily, can just easily be, be looked at black and white based on law. I, at least I don't think so. Now, you know, whatever they're doing, heartbeat, heartbeat bill and all these different things, look at, I, I don't want to get involved in all that. But all I'm saying is why, why, do, why is there so much of a focus on, on that aspect? Because the people who are, I go back to my original point, the people who are coming up with all these different things, one, I don't think they have a right to be doing that. And two, if you notice, these are men who are ended up, you know, sleeping with their secretaries and so on, and who have done abortions themselves. There are stories, go over and read it. There are stories of people who are women who, these are mostly Republicans, because you know it's them, who have gotten abortions and they're cursing out the people who are giving them their abortions and telling them, that's that, that crazy. Hey, what the hell? Can you imagine? Well, what are, you, what are we talking about? Like, are you kidding me? So, I mean, and now um, in Texas here, uh, there's a bill, uh, Senate Bill 8, uh, would ban abortions after a fetal heartbeat has been detected, like you mentioned, as early as six weeks. But with that, um, the bill has an exception for medical emergencies, but not for rape or incest. So I want to park the bus there and talk about that. So, so what, what's, and, and the fact they even brought incest up, this place, Texas, is nasty. <laughs> it's it a nasty place. It happens. It happens. It happens. It's a nasty place. No, it happens. It happens. No, but isn't that crazy, though, bro? That so you get raped and you can't do nothing. You must carry that baby to birth. Baby, that not, not only you have to go through the psychological thrama, uh, trauma of being raped, you don't have to consistently be reminded by carrying that rapist seed. That, that's that's wicked. That's brutal. This makes no sense, bro. It, it actually makes no sense. And those people who are approving these raw, what is their, what is their, what is their premise? What is their, their reasoning behind making these raw, these laws? 
you know, sometimes you can make sense of it, but this one makes no sense. You know, I mean, I don't get the abortion at all, you know, but okay. You want to do that? That's cool. That's what you got to believe. That's cool. You're in power. But the rape and incest thing, come on, son. That's, that's, that's really, a one. that's, that's, that's for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. That's what, that's what abortion should be used for. Man, like that's that's crazy, man. That is crazy. So, so are there people telling me that if one of their wives or their daughter or some or, or, or some female, let me hand hand you guys be careful mm. that of significance to them was God forbid to get raped that they would tell they would look him in the eye and said you keep that baby. And they got pregnant. They're gonna you. fly. They're gonna fly to the state. They're gonna fly to a more lenient state. That's the hypocrisy I'm talking about, though. That's the hypocrisy I'm talking about. It don't apply to them when they have rules and money. It don't apply to them. And, and, and it's just a shame that we have to go through that with them. But it, it is what it is, you know. Well, that I mean, that's that's it, you know. Um, I just I just I ain't got nothing to say to that. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> because it's, it's, it's just, the things that people come up with, and, and these are the same people that are coming up with these stupid ass laws, are the same people you guys are waiting for for them to uh, clear your school loans. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you know this because these people like money, so they're gonna they're gonna clear my student loans. Right? They're gonna clear my student loans so they make a rule for black people. I'll tell you that. Before Joe Biden signs the executive order protecting black lives, he's going to clear through the loans. So he has to choose one poison. Let, let us know what he's trying to do, son. Let us know. That's it. It's, it's just, it, it's just what it is. But you know, that's life. Anyway, let's let's end on a good note because we don't, that's just a, it's just so difficult because I'm I'm thinking about I me. Mean, think about the women in your life, man. Your mom, your sister. Your, I mean, it's it's heavy. I don't want to let my mind get there, but to. If something so grievous happened to them, what? Somebody else, not you, not you guys as a family. Sit down crazy. A, a piece of paper, somebody else, somewhere who don't give a damn about y'all is the one who's telling you what you're going to do in your house. Dick, dictating. They're crazy as hell. I'm going to get that abortion, man. We're going right yeah. to the doctor. I'm and the doctor's going to do it. What are you, what telling are you talking me? about? I'll go and learn it and do it myself. People are stupid as hell. I pay my taxes. That's all I got to pay to you. So shut up and, you know, it's come on, man. And even then, I, I work hard. You didn't work hard like I work hard. Now you come come collect my money to go and keep yeah, some bro. criminal in jail. Anyway, uh, it's it's really crazy that the, the the woman have to go through this in this country, and it's really even crazier that there's women in this in these in these places, you know, seeing these laws go through and and, and, and these laws to go through. That is the shocking thing about it, and maybe I'm misinformed with the women who are fighting against this. In the you know, the the local you know local state elections or whatever, but it doesn't seem that way to me. It seems like these kind these states like Texas, who have women you know who are helping these you know laws get up there to get even signed, are for this stuff. And I'm like, I I, I, I don't w- women who are for abortion laws like this. I mean, come on, I don't get it. You, someone please inform me. The women who are against this. I know you guys are against it together, but those who are for it, what's the reasoning behind this? Bunch of bunch of fools, bunch of fools. Anyway, songs of the week, man. I, I got I got some good ones. Uh, I got some good ones. 
Yeah, um, let me go first then, because I don't got. Oh, okay, go, 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 go. You sound excited. You got some. You sound excited. Go for it. Nah, nah, nah. I don't got some old song. I got, I got um, Caesar Millie, uh, Jones. Um, I have Heady One and Princess Cuts. Uh, Mana More by Singa. Uh, Kid Kids, One A.M. I have another one uh, called Hire Your Body by Attitude, Boge, Mayor Croon, and Bacado Banks. That one's a banger. Trust me. Go ahead. Hmm. Banger, banger. I dig it, man. Yo, if anyone who knows you knows I love uh, I love acoustic music. I love R&B music. Fireboy came out with his At Home Sessions. It's a small album done word, with Apple. Word. Hmm. Yo, okay. you just, go, go, go jam to that. It's simple. It's stripped, it's stripped back music. Chill, lay back. You could enjoy, you know, maybe smoke a little cigar, drinking a little whiskey, and just enjoy yourself. It's clean. I dig it. So go listen to that. That one's a banger. Uh, guy by the name of Crocs. Um, he came up with, a, uh, with an EP. Go. All those songs on their bank. All of them. Every single song will get you moving, dancing, guaranteed. You're not spell the name Crocs. Yeah. No, uh, or Crocs. What did I say? K R O X X. Listen to that EP. You're definitely gonna be moving. And then the last one here is a guy by the name of Shaka. I've been listening to Shaka for a minute. If anybody who knows UK R&B, you're definitely jamming to Shaka. And Gold Link. Yo, if y'all not listening to Gold Link, please, please start doing it. Gold Link is doing some stuff. His flow is sick. Uh, definitely check him out. It's, the song is called Solo by Shaka and Gold Link. Jam to that and you mm-hmm. guys you guys will definitely be, be moving. You know, um, Anything you want to add, man, before we close out the episode? Oh, nah, man. Uh, I, I think everybody just stay safe. Once again, don't forget, you know, police are shooting people. And that child is still shooting people, too. As I was here, sitting here now, I was just texting my friend who lives in L.A. Because they had a shooting yesterday. Uh, what? Some dude, was, some dude was going crazy shooting people at 2 a.m. in the morning. Like, literally killing and killed two uh, Asian people and uh, injured, like, three other people. So, guys, as outside is opening up, be guided in your outside activities. That's all I'll say. You guys have a good day, man. I got nothing else. Yo, y'all heard it right here, man. Y'all please be safe. Alright? Before you go outside, do the math. Y'all have a good one.